Welcome back, everyone. It's episode 88 of Murphy's Law. This is Charles Murphy hanging out, as always, with Charles Villanueva. We've got some Spider-Man No Way Home news, some pretty cool-looking leaks from the upcoming What If series, an awesome cameo on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and more to talk about. But before we jump into that, let's check in with Charles and see what's going on with him today. I'm doing good. I am just appalled at this week's, I guess, news cycle where we got... Uh, this huge fucking spoiler that I can't believe Marvel or maybe Sony signed off on. So you want to get out, get get to that right now? Yeah, it was pretty nuts. I guess it was like late last night. Um, you were already were you already in bed? E- no, I think I don't think so. I think I was still up. What time was that? I don't remember what time it came out, but we well, Alfred Molina decided to sit down with one of the trades, I think, and just go ahead and, and lay out his involvement in Spider-Man No Way Home, um, <laughs> which we, we know one of the trades broke earlier, and, and we know that when the trades relay casting information that it's as good as gold. But he gave away a little bit of the, of the conversation he had with John Watts, gave away the entirety of how his character returns to, uh, or I guess comes to the MCU and returns to life. And basically, for all you guys that consistently ask, hey, is Toby in this? Is Andrew in this? Is Charlie Cox in this? Is all this true? Alfred Molina just basically gave away the whole shebang. Which is fucking crazy. I mean, this got, this has to be like a Sony thing, right? Like, I imagine yeah. Sony was the one who signed off on it. Yeah, you could, sure, you can you can talk about um, Spider-Man stuff with, uh, with a variety when they interview you for your other movie. Because it feels like something Kevin Feige would never sign off on. So it's absolutely appalling that this happened. And also hilarious in a way that Molina probably doesn't give a fuck about how um, important that information was. And him just saying it's kind of like, holy shit. So that was pretty crazy. I mean, I am curious what the... Because he, he also talks about, um, I guess, his character picking up after where the last film, Spider-Man 2, left him. Which mm-hmm. was drowning. He was, he was sinking to the bottom of the the river and he was i think he was near he was near that that ball of tritium yeah in the, in the water so even even though he, he he can say that he survives drowning but he's also has a big ball of like sun of a there's a sun behind him yeah. so i don't know how they're gonna hand wave that away here what do you think is gonna yeah. happen with him i i don't i don't know if you know i'm curious to see how it all weaves together um, I mentioned this last night on Twitter, and, and we're working on this kind of behind the scenes at the site. We, um, we have a good bit of info on, on Spider-Man No Way Home, but as usual, we don't have all the necessary connecting pieces. So I don't know if this is like, <clears throat> uh, you know, he's at a near-death experience right before he dies. He somehow gets plucked from his universe into this one. Um, because if you think about it, You'd have him, you'd have Jamie Foxx's Electro. You could see them, like, plucked away right before they die somehow. I don't know why that would happen. But, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that goes and, and what that storyline is and why it involves Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Yeah, I mean, there has to be some kind of thing here because Alfred Molina also kind of talks about, you know, how there's going to be a multiverse here, you know, diverging timelines and whatnot. So, I mean, this interview basically is just one big confirmation of what um, Kevin Feige has been trying to keep secret all this time. Yeah, yeah, it didn't. It, it probably didn't make people 
at uh, at Marvel very happy. I know that they keep their eyes on on people like us all the time for little things that we might give away. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and we hear from them on that. And now Alfred Molina's giving away everything. So I, I wonder what the conversation and why does he give a fuck? I mean, the guy's got a couple billion dollars. He never has to come back for a Marvel movie again. Like right. rip, right? Yeah. Speaking of Spidey stuff, uh, Favreau's back, apparently. Yeah, that was um, a superhero theorist for us, Eduardo. Yeah. He worked on that one, and, and uh, great job on that, Eduardo. He came in. He came to me yesterday and said, hey, I got this confirmation uh, that Favreau's back. He's, he's going to be back for sure. And, um, you know, a lot of people reacted like, with, oh, well, what a huge surprise. Um, and, I mean, those people can fuck right off because Favreau's super busy with Star Wars. Um, there were concerns that with all the COVID delays and with all his work on um, the next on the, the book of Boba Fett and on the Mandalorian, yeah. that we weren't sure if he was going to be back. And it was probably just a week or two ago where that conversation was ongoing, um, which, you know, spurred Eduardo into into digging into it. And now we do know for sure that he's back, which is which is great um, that he'll be there to complete the trilogy because he's been a fun part of it the whole time. Yeah, I mean, honestly... I, we talked about it before we recorded. I don't think it's even that much of a no shit kind of thing because No Way Home could totally exist without um, Happy Hogan in it. And uh, the last movie kind of functions not directly as a center, but, you know, it, it kind of ends in a way where you, you can you can live without seeing Happy Hogan in a Spidey movie again. You, 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 could, you could even sort of mm-hmm. forgo the idea that him and Aunt May actually start dating. It's just something that you can actually write off. So for him to be here is actually, I think, pretty substantial information that he's in it. Like, I wonder how he's going to fit in here. Because the last one, I get it makes sense because Tony just died. It's about Peter grieving. It's about happy grieving. But with this one, there's almost no inkling of a Tony Stark's legacy here. Although some leaks say otherwise, but who knows what the fuck's up with that. But, I don't know, it kind of seems like here, this can work without... Happy Hogan. So to know that he's in it, he's busy, and he's busy with Mandalorian and all that, it's kind of fun that he he can find a way to, I guess, join this ensemble because he's always he's always great on screen with Tom Holland. So I don't I don't I don't see why everyone's fucking losing their shit over this. Yeah, and well, this let's see, he was in th- this will make him for sure the longest active member of the MCU now that he appears in in here. So he'll be in the MCU in three different decades, right? He'll have been in uh, in 2008 in Iron Man through all the teens. And now in 2021, he'll be in, in No Way Home. He'll be for sure the longest the longest tenured member of the MCU with Tony it, out of the picture. Is it going to be him, him or um, Paul Bettany? Well, I mean, Favreau was in the first Iron Man with... Jar- but, but so do you count Bettany as having been in there just yeah, voice I, acting, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he's been around. He's been in. So it would be the two of them, right? And and I don't know if we'll ever see Gwyneth again. Yeah, I don't think Gwyneth's coming back. I mean, remember that interview where she she couldn't even recall what what movie set she was in? Yeah, I was just gonna say she could be in another Marvel film. She'd have no fucking clue. Yeah, she she clearly she she's checked out now that uh, Robert Downey's gone. So I don't think she fucking gives a fuck about. About what says she's in, which is honestly pretty hilarious. Yeah. So it's it's so Favreau and uh, Paul Bettany are the the yeah. upstanding longest uh, long term members of the MCU community. Mm-hmm. What else do we have here, Andek? 
I was going to say, speaking of, of Bettany and, and then Age of Ultron, um, a whole bunch yeah. of what if stuff leaked this week, including an absolutely awesome look at Ultron. Yeah. Dude, that image of fucking Ultron with the cape, and I, I guess that's a fucking spear, a fucking halberd. That looks fucking sick. It's it's straight from me uh, from the uh, Phalanx Annihilation thing where he was in, mm-hmm. and it's absolutely amazing. I know a lot of fans have been sort of clamoring for some sort of Ultron presence once more in the MCU. Um, the story kind of leaves room for that. I don't know why they haven't sort of invested in it. Maybe. Maybe after this, maybe they see the fan reaction towards it. I'm sure a lot of fans are going to fucking lose their shit over the episode, which we know a bit about of. So, I mean, just just fucking seeing Ultron there and knowing that he's back kind of makes me excited for the show a whole lot more. I mean, obviously, we, we, we've seen some 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 art of uh, the, the Guards of the Multiverse, Party Thor. And what, what else did we see there? We saw the Collector with some weird thing in his chest. We there's an image of like I think that's Banner or Iron Man with a makeshift fucking Hulkbuster armor and it looks just it feels like they're really gonna push the envelope as far as premises go for this first season of What If yeah and you got a, a picture of Gamora essentially in like Thanos's armor too right yeah which was crazy yeah I think I think it's pretty safe to say uh, we have um out of the 10 episodes of what if we've got the, we know about eight of them. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, I think it's safe to say, because I think the Ultron thing for sure gives it away. I don't think I'm going to say anything that's going to get anybody in trouble. That episode is obviously, since this is what if this is going to be more of like a, what if Ultron one episode, right? Like that's, uh, that's yeah. safe to say. <clears throat> and um, the, the black widow concept art that you've seen is related I guess that's that's what we can say safely about that episode. It's a dead giveaway. I mean, Ultron has a fucking... He has a cape. It's not like, what if Ultron became a hobo? <laughs> so, yeah. It, I, think, I think that's... I'm sure people probably work that out for themselves, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, the what if stuff... I, I'm really looking forward to it just to see... Because with the animation, they can be so creative and, and take so many chances with it. And I hope that they do, you know, and it, and it looks like from what we're seeing that they are like, they're just going all out on it. What do you think is up with that Loki image? Because it kind of seems like it's Loki from the first Thor movie. But in the Loki trailer that came out last week or two weeks ago, there is a shot of of them revisiting that sort of old Asgard thing where, you know, Loki... Yeah. Might have been the ruler of Asgard. Do you think that's going to tie in directly to this? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that. I, like, I'm assuming that's from the Party Thor episode, um, which we saw the T-shirt last week for the Party Thor episode. Oh, that one's going to be yeah. fun. Um, so, so I don't know if that's where we get that Loki, and he's kind of like in charge on Asgard now, or what? It's it's definitely, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone. Everyone seems to be happy to have more Loki. So seeing him in a in the animated series is going to be fun. And and I don't I think it would be interesting to have that version, whatever it is, show up in Loki, right? Like, well, maybe he's well, he's looking in the Loki series at the timelines. He sees like a live a version of that, you know, whatever it would yeah. take. It would take like it would take two seconds of of CG work to show that. So I think it would be cool to connect that and really you know, really um, 
embed what if in the MCU. I think a lot of people think it's like just tangentially connected to it. And I think it would be cool to really deeply embedded in there by by putting some little glimpse of something like that in one of the series do we know how long these episodes are going to be is it going to be like standard 20 minutes that i don't know i've i've assumed that yeah we're going to be looking at like 20 22 minute episodes could you imagine if it was like an hour long like holy shit that'd be great i i i mean you and i right now are making our way through uh, we got the screeners for Modoc, and we ended up um hulu sent out the whole season so yeah. charles and i are making our way through that the embargo is like one month from now so we can't say anything um but they're short episodes and um they're a lot of fun and they're wrapped up nicely and i you know that's one of those things that we like about those shorter episodes i haven't i haven't felt like so far that i'm like man i wish there was more of this but with these really kind of far out stories i mean i don't know 20 minutes seems pretty short it would maybe, maybe, you know, 35, 40 minutes might be something that you right. feel like you could get a little bit more done. I, oh, yeah. I just hope that, I hope that they continue to do in all their projects to not be tied to time constraints. Like it's their own fucking server. They can do whatever they want, right? Like we just had a 60 minute episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We had a 40 minute one before. We had some 22 minute episodes of WandaVision. Like, just tell the story and however long it takes, it takes. Yeah. I mean, I'm down for that. Um, do you want to talk about the thing about Miss Marvel this week? About how people are fucking losing their shit over the powers? Yeah, that's such a weird thing to me because I haven't... We have been sitting for maybe like a month or so. Um, and I shared this in the, in the Discord. We got a, a pretty good scoop full of info on miss marvel um who the villains are going to be and the stuff that we got it doesn't necessarily connect to this stuff that came out on on reddit it doesn't make sense to me did you read the whole leak like about her being mephisto's daughter wait 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 wait. i read the leak that she has like light powers now like, yeah, uh, so so the whole leak is that she's, and this is why I don't read these things, and I would have never read it. Lizzie shared it with me. I, I would have never have read it. I can't stand reading all this shit. Like when, you know, when Falcon and the Winter Soldier leaks were around and, and everyone was like, oh, Walker's going to be this crazy mega cap. Like, what the fuck? Who, they're not going to do that. Like, that was never going to be a thing. And now this new leak is like, Mephisto is Miss Marvel's dad. And he has other kids. And then when Miss Marvel is born, the other kids want to kill her. She gets the her bangle, which gives her, like, light powers. And um, she has a bloodlust to murder people. What? Yes, th- that's the leak. And I'm just reading that, and I'm like, that is fucking insane. I can't... Could you imagine the outrage if this is what they do with her? I, I mean, I thought people were mad because uh, they were giving her more powers... Than what she has in the comics because I know I know she only has the the beginning thing mostly, and I thought people were, people were mad because oh shit why are you giving her like energy powers this not part of it I thought people were mad about that so I but I guess people are mad about the other stuff which I didn't yeah. know now and it's ridiculous holy shit that that sounds fucking insane it, it doesn't line up at all with the stuff that we heard and the stuff that we heard is from a, one of our very good sources. Um, and I, I just think, like, why why is that the story? I think people are 
um, and, and I can kind of tie this into the thing that we're going to talk about next, people are going to be uh, very, there's going to be a lot of Googling. Um, if, if they stick with the, the, the villains that we, we heard a while ago, there's going to be a lot of Googling going on um, for this. And I think that's great because I think it's, it's taking some obscure characters. Because in the comics, Miss Marvel has yet to have a really cool um, like rogues gallery, right? Like she's had a couple cool enemies, but the, the deal with Miss Marvel is like the, the comic is more about her life and where she fits in. And it isn't so much about having a, a bunch of cool villains, right? It's about, it's, it's following this girl and, and her journey through life. And so it's hard to, to hate, to have her find these really great villains. So they've taken some really obscure characters and, and kind of rework them here. But this Mephisto thing is wild. If that, if they went down that route, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not true. I'm just going to say it doesn't line up with anything I've heard. And I couldn't even imagine how fucking furious people would be if that's what they decided to do. I mean, speaking of villains that people have to Google, you mentioned it. Uh, this past episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier got people doing that when Julia Louis-Dreyfus appeared out of nowhere as the Contessa. Yeah, Obviously- and this is one that you and I sat on for... Uh, uh, well, a year and a half, and yeah. we were looking. We were looking back through our chat history uh, a couple days ago, and and uh, last May, like so, May of 2020, we're like, God, why can't we just t- do this? Why can't we talk about her? <laughs> um, and 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 I guess in hindsight, I'm really happy that we never did. Um, and I'm happy. I was sweating as the week went on because more and more people were contacting me, telling me that she was in it, and I was like, Oh fuck! Don't you say anything. Like, we're so close. Don't, don't, don't say anything. And, um, yeah, it was, it was so great when I found out, I never in a million years would have expected her to be in the MCU. She's one of my favorite actresses. I love Seinfeld. Uh, when I was younger, watched every episode multiple times and I just love her to death. And, and she is such a, such a big time actress. I know a lot of people like, Oh, I have no idea who she is. She has 11 Emmys, eight of them as an actress. So the most Emmys anyone has is tied for the for the most Emmys anyone's ever won, and she's just an amazing talent. She's funny. She can play cruel. If you've seen any of her work in Veep, and um, and then when I learned who she was playing, it oh my god, it was I couldn't have imagined a more perfect casting for who she was playing. Charles and I were joking around last week if they were going to give her like a like a really cheesy Italian accent to play the yeah. Contessa. <laughs> Which is surprising when to see when she didn't. She got just kind of talked like she usually would. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, 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 obviously, we're going to talk about this uh, in in depth when we do our church thing. But honestly, I think for what she was given in the episode, she's like only like a fucking one minute scene. I, I thought she was pretty great. Yeah. She she was funny. You you're looking at the equivalent of the Nick Fury post-credit scene in Iron Man, right? Like, you're you're looking yeah. at the equivalent of that. It's just that it wasn't a post-credit scene. She's clearly putting something together. The The Vanity Fair article that was written about her describes her role as villainous. Um, so in the comics, she's, you know, she's been Madame Hydra. We don't... And she's worked for Leviathan, which I think is a really interesting tie. Um, we don't necessarily know yet what she's up to, but we know that she's got her eyes on uh, on, on super soldier John Walker. And... We know he's going to soon become U.S. agent here, so we'll see where it goes from there. But like Charles says, we're going to talk 
a lot more about uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus when we do our, our Universal Church of Truth episode. I, I do wonder whether she's still going to be in Black Widow. Because it, it feels like it it's super... It makes sense for her to be there. I mean, uh, Vanity Fair heard that she was going to be in it. And there might have been some shuffling now that, you know, Black Widow has been all over the place. So I wonder if they're going to retain that because it still kind of makes sense for her to be in it. I don't see why they would take her out from it. Yeah, and it would seem like if she is in Black Widow, it would seem like she's after either like the Taskmaster or Yelena or both. Yeah. Um, and then if she's, you know, you have to assume like if she's after Yelena and we know Yelena shows up in Hawkeye, then you would have um, Julie Louis-Dreyfus potentially showing up in Hawkeye, even though we don't we don't have any info on that. Um, it's a, I guess the potential exists. So it's going to be fun over the next several years to see where she pops up and how long it takes before uh, her plan comes into fruition. Because remember, like, Fury shows up in Iron Man in, in 2008 and we don't get the Avengers till 2012. And sure, it's a different time because they weren't making four movies a year at the time like, they're, like they are now. Um, but not all the movies and all the shows that they're making are, are necessarily going to be tied to this plot line with Val. So it, it could be a while before we see, you know, 2023 or later before we see the full reveal of, of what she's up to. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what, what else they have in store for her. I want to see her showcase that award-winning chops. Because I, I didn't grow up with Seinfeld here. Seinfeld wasn't a huge thing here in the Philippines. I don't think it was also in, in Europe. So I, I could see some of the some of the more, I guess, negative reactions to it, like, Seinfeld just wasn't that big of a international, I guess, hit in, mm-hmm. in, in the world. So them seeing JLD, it's kind of like, oh, who is that? Oh, she's the Seinfeld lady. I don't know her. So I could see some of those reactions. I kind of understand them. But as far as the character, I think it's pretty cool that we got another classic S.H.I.E.L.D. character in the MCU. Like, yeah, and a, and a great one who's undergone a lot of twists and turns in it recently, right? Like she was... For the longest time, uh, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and, like, this on-again, off-again lover of Furies. But when Jonathan Hickman got a hold of her in Secret Warriors, he really, really did some work. And that's one, that's one of Hickman's, like, really strong suits, is he can take established characters, even characters people have forgotten about, and really fucking bring them to life. Does this make Clay Quartermain a hopeful um, MCU character down the road? I hope so. I, I mean, I... I would even if they turn him into something completely different, like even if he's an agent of of Hydra or Leviathan or something, I, I would love to see Clay Quartermain because I've we've talked about this before, how the guy has never shown up, especially with a whole Agents of Shield series and, and all the different right. times they had to bring him in and we still haven't gotten Clay Quartermain. I guess Grand War was the closest thing to Clay. It's my favorite. Yeah. What else do we have here? Um I think we're recording this is Saturday, and I think as we're talking, they might be filming some of the final scenes of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness over in London. Wow. So close. Did yep, you just start? It, it started in November, and then they had like a, a COVID pause, and a lot of it was done on closed sets and stuff. I know people always get so so pissy like oh it it didn't start because there aren't set photos as if people can't film inside um but it 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 is looking now like they're out today um there was an article that came out they're out filming 
outside somewhere in this huge uh, market area um, over in, in London. And I think that it's either today or tomorrow is going to be the one of the final days of principal photography. Obviously, we know there'll be reshoots and edits and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, the, it started in November and now they are, are wrapping and they still have well over a year. Uh, sorry, just under a year um, because it's supposed to come out next March. So usually it would just have started filming at this time. That's usually Marvel's schedule is they film like a year out from from the premiere, but now they're wrapping a year out from the premiere. So they have all kinds of time here to to get some work done on this film and, and, and edit it and get it ready to go. I can't say much about it other than the fact that uh, the cap that they have for the production looks sick um, based on Kevin yeah. interview he did. The logo looked sick. Also that that Miss America logo on the side looked fucking sick. And maybe Scott Derrickson can hook us up with one. Yeah, we still he still owes us one from before. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I I got stuck on those cat on that cap that Kevin was wearing, and it might it might mean nothing, but it just it, when I looked at it and you had the different Sanctum logos, it obviously to me was like representing symbolic of the multiverse. But then I started wondering, like, man, what if what if like in Hickman's in Hickman's um, Avengers, they they made it clear that for the incursions that Earth was like the focal point of the incursions. And I was just thinking, like, what if the sanctums are like the focal point somehow of the multiverse? Like, what if oh, um, be- yeah. because of their importance that we learned in, in Doctor Strange in the first one, they talked about how important they were to protecting the Earth. What if the sanctums are are like some multiversal focus? That would be really, really cool. So I, I have no idea if that's true, but that's just what that got in my head. And like you said, that that really cool uh, star portal on the side looked good. It's just all it made me do is, is think that we have to we might have to rework the logo here pretty soon on the website oh yeah i mean i wonder what else it's so crazy because some of these logos as great as they are currently they usually change them up before the yeah come out like so imagine the ragnarok logo i'm sure it's gonna i'm I'm sure i'm sure the i'm sorry 11th i'm sure the love and thunder logo is gonna undergo another fucking you know it's gonna it's gonna get another makeover it's gonna look crazier for taika stuff so i cannot wait to see how they're gonna switch up this uh multiverse of madness logo yeah it's certainly not gonna be if it if it's the same thing that we've already seen i think that would be like the first time that it's ever been the same yeah and i guess our our last piece here um of news we were both of us pretty excited to find out that lucy Liu, one of our one of our favorite uh ogs in as charles said earlier is showing up in shazam as one of the villains i mean good for her i mean When's the last time she was she was in a huge movie? Possibly Kill Bill, like a fucking huge, I guess cultural staple of a movie. Well, I, the last thing I remember her doing, and I haven't, I as many of you guys who listen to the podcast or follow me on Twitter know, I have a hard time keeping up with movies and and series. Everyone's always telling me like, watch this, watch this, watch this, and I kind of time is is of the essence, and I kind of don't get to watch a whole lot of stuff outside of the stuff that I'm doing for this job. So I don't remember seeing her in anything recently. She did Kung Fu Panda again. I don't know if that counts, but I remember her directing an episode or two of Luke Cage. Yeah. Which was really cool. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, the past few years where has been a lot of directing and behind the scenes stuff. So. Yeah. I'm looking and like, I think, I think Kung Fu Panda like you said, Kill Bill, and then uh, it looks like Kung Fu Panda would have been the next really big sort of wide 
reaching movie. I mean, there's some some other stuff here, some Tinkerbell stuff and all these kind of Disney movies. But yeah, I think that's got to be it. And then um, I loved. I'm looking at her TV stuff, too. And I loved when she was in what was the um, elementary when she played Watson. I loved her her role in that, too. And, and but yeah, she doesn't seem like she's been been on that side of the camera a lot lately. She's been behind the camera directing. Um, yeah. But I guess she's she's one of the villains in uh, in in Shazam. Do we know which villain she's playing? Um, I yes, but I don't remember, so I'm gonna look. I don't know anyone there, but the fact that Lucy Liu gets to be in another huge fucking temple thing makes me so happy. Yeah, we we know that there's like these three sisters, right? That are uh, that are the villains I, of Shazam, uh, and I want to say that she's one of them. Hunter wrote up the piece. Hmm. Well, I wonder who. It's the the character's name is Calypso, and it says that it's not like an actual DC character, but it looks like they're just pulling a character straight out of Greek mythology. So she's like, she's going to be the sister of the Helen Mirren's character. Oh wow! So, so like some, Helen... some ancient Greek mythology stuff. Yes, I guess maybe the sisters of fate or something, because I know those were like three sisters there. It, whoever fun. this, whoever Helen Mirren is playing as Hespera, is the only one that had like a like an actual DC analog, I think. If I'm, and and it said, yeah. So the the their sisters are called the Hesper Hesperides, and they were in the comics Eagle, Arithia, and Hesper. And so yeah, this is this is like a kind of like a not maybe not a totally comics based villain set of villains here it looks like they're really actually digging into the greek mythology which mm -hmm. is interesting because now i wonder if they'll tie this into anything with wonder woman on that end of things yeah i hope so i mean wasn't there also another story this week about aquaman getting another villain here yeah the uh, the guy from uh from game of thrones one yeah. of the one of the bastards there that came over on the ships at the end i can't remember his name he's a big dickhead He's yeah, um he's he's playing the villain in Aquaman 2 and I think JJ JJ and I had a talk and looked at some of the some of the stuff that we had behind the scenes for Aquaman and I think JJ is of the mind that he's playing Coram Wrath who's from the the Aquaman Rebirth series and he's so this would if this is the if this is the case this guy would be doing a lot of like CG and voice work um, but he's a pretty, so that's one of the, actually one of the, the Aquaman runs that I read and enjoyed. So if you guys have an idea of who Coram Rath is, he's pretty, he's pretty crazy. Um, he's like a radicalized Atlantean who grew up to become a terrorist and, uh, led oh. that, the, the terrorist group called the Deluge. So that's, that's who JJ's thinking that this guy's going to be. Again, I don't know jack shit about these DC characters, but seeing the guy who banged Cersei. Again, I forgot <laughs> his name in, in, in the show. I'm, I'm just glad that he's working in such a huge thing. I'm, I'm happy when some of these actors that I love to see in other stuff get to work and the stuff that I go out and see. Right, yeah, it's always, like, and that, that, that stands for all these that we've talked about in the last five minutes, like, like JLD showing up in, uh, right. in, this, in this series. Like, you just, you, you've, you get associated with seeing these people in, in different types of projects. And then when one of them pops up in, in something you love and in, in this realm that we spend all of our time in, it is really, really cool. All right, guys, thank you guys for joining us and for tuning in every week. Um, 
we mentioned that we are going to have a little bit longer discussion about Julia Louis-Dreyfus's uh, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine in our Universal, Tr Universal Church of Truth episode. If you guys are interested in checking those out, you can find those on our Patreon under the Cardinals of the Magus tier. Charles and I are having a blast putting those together every week. They're usually 45 minutes or more um, of us just really going deep into everything that we've seen, liked, disliked, and uh, and think might be coming up next in these, in these uh, Marvel Studios series so far. So if you want to check that out, we'd appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you guys again soon. Bye.